Your neighborhood gives me the creeps. Your neighborhood gives me the creeps. Your neighborhood gives me the creeps. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to season two of the Chicago Unbelievable Podcast. I'm Adam Seltzer, and with me is Hector. Hello, Hector Reyes. How are you? And today we got Terry with us here. Hello. Uh, We're here at Chicago Unbelievable. Uh, if my voice goes out, it's because I've started doing ghost tours again. Uh, this year I'll be doing them through Chicago Hauntings. Uh, so I'm back to doing six hours of talking by the end of which I sound about like this. But, um,. We've also got a new ebook out here in Chicago, Unbelievable Ghosts of Chicago. I finally did my Chicago ghost book. Really, I just took my, all of my old tour pattern and expanded it with all of the stuff that I'd found out but never had time to tell. So, one of the sections in it is uh, suggested places to investigate if you want to go out ghost hunting in Chicago. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing this year on uh, Chicago Unbelievable. We're going to be going to some places that I think are kind of under investigated as opposed to like Bachelor's Grove and Hull House, which are kind of ghost hunting theme parks now. Yeah. So to start with, uh, today we are we're hanging out right now at Mellow's Diner on Clark Street. This is supposedly where Bugs Moran ducked into when he saw the police car parked outside of the garage during the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, this building is also the building where Larry and Balky lived for a couple of seasons on Perfect Strangers. That's right, first and second season. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, keep your eye out for Balky. <laughs> Actually, you were just eating some Greek food, right? Yeah, I was. I was eating a gyro, <laughs> or a gyro as it's properly pronounced. Right. But <laughs> Italian beef for me was really good, too. Yeah. And then we are right across the street from Lincoln Park. Uh, Lincoln Park is one of the places that seems like it ought to be haunted, and at various times it's been said to be haunted. Uh, in particular, around the turn of the 20th century, the Chicago Tribune said that there have been enough violent deaths in the park to furnish a ghost for every dark nook and cranny. It was just a given among the security guards that it was haunted. They were described seeing ghosts and ghostly phenomenon like one swing moving back and forth all the time. Um, they usually blamed the ghosts, uh, aside from all the murders that took place there, and there were quite a number of them. Yeah. Just various times. You know, the lagoon was a convenient place to dump people. But also, at the time, up until about 1920, there was a high bridge there that was known as Suicide Bridge because it was such a popular place to go to kill yourself. Between 50 and 100 people jumped off of it. And it got to be such a popular suicide location that people would even go there to hang themselves or shoot themselves. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and Hector, you were saying that... Uh, when you were a kid, people still knew about Suicide Bridge. Yeah, we. I remember uh, my uncle talking about it uh, because um, one of our, actually one of our neighbors, went to the bridge, went to right there to the, where the bridge was by the parking lot, and tried to shoot himself and failed. Really? Yeah. He uh, he ended. He didn't manage to actually shoot himself, but he didn't die. But he did it right there in Lincoln Park, right by the Suicide Bridge. Huh. Yeah. So do you, do you know right uh, about whereabouts it was in the lagoon? No clue. Nobody I nobody I talked to seems to be able to tell me for sure where it was. Oh, you had there's a there's, there, there there's are, a pretty good idea. Yeah, there's a pretty. I know it's in the northern half of the lagoon, roughly, mm. but I haven't found a really reliable looking map yet. Well, I'm also sure. you got to realize and that the I'm sure I will. They also rebuilt the entire area. Right, they've yeah. redone. They've redone all of it by now. Yeah. Is this the lagoon they now call South Pond? Yes. Or? Yeah, that one. Yeah, and uh, all of this, of course, is in addition to the fact that up until the early 1870s, it was the cemetery. 
Uh, at one point, there were probably about 20,000 bodies buried there. There's only one crypt still standing, but plenty of bodies are still left. Oh, yeah. uh, the uh, South parking lot, when they dug that out in the 1990s, they found, what was it, 81 bodies? 81, 82 bodies, yeah. 81 or 82. We've, we've, we've talked about this. If you remember our last episode of the podcast, or one of the more recent ones, we were about grave robbing in Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to go ghost hunting in Lincoln Park. <laughs> so, all right, as soon as we're wrapped up here, we got we actually got some gear with us today. You know, I'm, I'm kind of on the record as being the anti-gear ghost hunter because I, I just want to see the things. I don't care about a jump on a, a jump on some equipment. But, you know, we've got a K2 with us. We've got some EVP gear. i got my new laser grid. Which, you know, I don't really see the use of these things other than the fact that, you know, if things get slow on one of my tours sometime, we can just turn up the Pink Floyd and play with the laser grid. <laughs> you got a laser grid. Yeah, well, I got a laser yeah. grid. Why are um, we not hanging out more? you got a laser yeah. grid, for God's sakes. got a laser grid. <laughs> Yeah, well, mainly I got it because it looks like a sonic screwdriver. Yeah! Ah, <laughs> oh, Doctor Who reference. Nerdcore, nerdcore. Yeah. All right, so uh, shall we head on over to Lincoln Park? Yes. Let's head over Sounds to Lincoln good. Park. <sighs> Definitely, definitely hearing a lot of growling and roaring. It reminds me of the, is it Forest Park Cemetery that's got the circus graves? I don't know. There is, there is a, one of those cemeteries out there has a bunch of circus animal graves from a circus train wreck. It's always been rumored that you can hear the sounds of circus animals in the cemetery. But, of course, the place is downwind of the Brookfield Zoo. Of course. So, I imagine you probably can. <laughs> I wonder what's going on there. Hmm. Hmm. The animal's restless. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah, the animals seem restless tonight over at the Lincoln Park Zoo. Uh, go there. Yeah. We're heading up on the parking lot now. This is the one where they found the 81 bodies, one of which was in a Fisk Metallic burial case. Every bit of research I do, I run into something about a Fisk Metallic burial case. You want to explain that statement? <laughs> a Fisk Metallic burial cases were one of the ways they cashed in on the ancient Egypt craze in the 1800s. Basically, you know, get your own sarcophagus with a viewing window over your face. And uh, I've just recently found out Jefferson Davis endorsed them. He wrote them a big letter of endorsement. So, uh, in our new Smart Alex Guide to Grave Robbing, another one of our recent ebooks, which is everything you need to know to launch your career as a 19th century resurrection man, the Smart Alec way, uh, one of the assignments, the homework assignments, is draw up an advertisement for Fisk Metallic Burial Cases starring Jefferson Davis. I like, you know, imagine him swinging from a sour apple tree with a, giving a smile and a thumbs up. You know, John Brown's body lies a moldering in the grave, but mine won't, for I'll be buried in a Fisk metallic burial case. Or the Confederacy didn't last long, but my bones will. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh, my tummy hurts. Oh. Hey, where, where are we here? This is the this zoo. Is, this is, are we still at the end, edge of the zoo here? Yeah. Okay. This is the zoo over here is the lagoon. Oh, right. You know, I've never been in the park at night, I don't think, other than just up to the couch vault. Oh. No, no, this, this area is kind of interesting. It's interesting and it's, it's kind of spooky after dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do we get on the bridge? Yeah. Ah, there we are. Oh, yeah. 
They really don't keep the park that well lit after dark, do uh, they? And then they wonder why there's so it's, many murders. Right. Easy. This would be a ridiculously easy. Even even now, it would be really easy to hide in the bushes. That's true. No, let's uh, down there towards South World Soccer Field. There, it's pretty. Okay. Oh. By the way, Terry, um, I wanted to let you know that this isn't actually a podcast. This is your day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how we haze the new guys. <laughs> I want to be all that surprised. <laughs> Always looking for new attractions to add to the tour, new ghosts to hunt for. <laughs> we have to, if we can't, if we can't find one, we'll like. make one. Alright. I'm afraid you're going to point that at something and it's going to be two people. Right. They're going to be in compromising positions. And one of the otter ghosts that the security guards at the turn of the 20th century described is one guy said he uh, came upon this guy in like full Mexican regalia, poncho, sombrero, and everything. And as he approached him, the guy uh, lifted up the poncho and pulled out a gun. So this uh, cop came in, of course, shot on sight, but the bullets just went right through the guy. He walked right up till he was about two feet away. The bullets were still just going right through him. But without causing any damage. But I guess going right through you is what bullets are supposed to do. But then the guy just disappeared. So ghosts have sense of humor. I'm Apparently so. <laughs> Can't get over how dark and quiet it gets in the park at night. If you get this, this is something I've noticed. If you can hear insects and stuff. There's nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost-wise, you mean? Yeah. yeah. If it suddenly stops, get your camera. <laughs> That's happened more than once to us. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, you do notice it a lot of places. One of the fun things about uh, being back on tours is you kind of, when, you, when you're running the tours, you can kind of take the temperature of a place. Mm-hmm. As, um, even as a skeptic, I'll admit that some pla- places go in and out of being active. Like, uh, there was a month or two that something weird was happening at Hull House every night month or two that something was happening on Sobieski Street, the H.H. Holmes body dump every night. Oh, remember uh, the Eastland disaster spot? Yeah. Like, we had almost two months of, like, constant activity. It was insane. Right. And then suddenly it stopped. Yeah, and then for then you'll go a year without seeing a single thing. Yeah, it wasn't even on the anniversary. That was the weird thing. Right. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, where we going? All right. I remember being a kid and watching a squirrel being devoured in the water by the uh, crawfish that uh, live here. Jeez. That's a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I watched it for hours. Uh, we didn't find a whole heck of a lot over by where Suicide Bridge used to be, so we decided to walk over to the couch vault. Uh-huh. Um, it's like you'll see a coyote out here every so often. You'll actually see coyotes in the neighborhoods now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and since I live right by a cemetery, there's plenty up there. Huh. It's, it's interesting how much wildlife there is in this city. I was, I was surprised just when I had a raccoon on my porch. But you hear stories like that. Like one time we pulled into Sobieski Street, the H.H. H. Holmes body dump on the north side. There were chickens all over the place. 
Okay. Which was just bizarre. Wild that was chickens. Chickens, wild chickens. <laughs> that was just somebody's uh, chicken coop breaking. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Somewhere Maria is going. I don't know if I have any boils. <laughs> we need my chicken calls. I'm Puerto Rican. I can say that. <laughs> don't edit that part out. All right. <laughs> don't edit that part out. Don't edit that part out. All right. Oh, another. You know, tapeworm from Old Town Tattoo. Had a buddy in the neighborhood called Onion who came up to us. Have you ever heard the story about how tapeworm and onion got sprayed by a skunk? <laughs> okay, I'm going to point out that that statement is epic. Yes. <laughs> yes, the tapeworm and onion were sprayed by a skunk. That is the most epic thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Those of you who don't know, uh, Odin Tattoo is a place we uh, started. Hector and I went on the first investigation there about five years ago now. Owner was this guy, Tapeworm, who pointed up at the staircase. And I'm going to clean up his language a lot here. But he pointed at the staircase and went, listen, you uh, you guys see that place up there? Twice I've been walking down those stairs and I felt like somebody was trying to push me. Like, push me down the stairs and that freaks me out because everybody knows you can't fight back with these cats, man. So... Here's what I did. First time it happened, I looked up and I went, listen, if I die in this place, man, it is on. And three weeks later, Tapeworm had a heart attack and died in the place. And I've since told people, if there was ever a ghost I believe in, man, it's the ghost of Tapeworm. Yeah, just beating the crap out of guys in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> Immortal combat. Yeah. <laughs> Finish him. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You notice there was a security guard sitting there by herself? <laughs> this is what I consider fun. Let's stop at the uh, Ben Franklin statue and start talking about make a ghost story. <laughs> about how it goes after, like, you know, just make up a general ghost story. But, uh, you know, do the podcast right by her. Okay. You want to do that? <laughs> You're looking at me like, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Okay, well. Uh, um, no, no, okay. No. The plan, I'll, t- I'll tell you the plan when we get the couch. Uh, no, just go to the security yard. Uh-huh. You know, stand right by her and talk about the Ben Franklin statue. Uh-huh. Like it moves in the middle of the night oh. and it'll sometimes disappear. You don't want to rip off the totem pole story? <laughs> yes! <laughs> the, the fingers will start to wiggle. <laughs> I know. It farts, you know. <laughs> no, no, let's not get outrageous. Let's get make it genuinely creepy. All right. Where it's like she goes home crying. <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> why? Because I'm a bastard, that's why. <laughs> All right, we have arrived at the tomb of Ira Couch, uh, same place we were a couple of podcasts ago. Hello, Ira. Evening, Mr. Couch. How you doing? Oh, wait, there's cobwebs. Yeah. You know what I don't see? What? A lock. It's welded shut, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I'm going to say if you open the door, all you see was a cement wall. 
Yeah, but what if you opened a door and it was a set of stairs? And a torch that was lit. <laughs> you are standing before an old crypt. A staircase leads down. <laughs> On your right is a lit torch. There is a menacing werewolf. <laughs> Wearing a sombrero. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me get... Let me, uh, Terry, can you uh, kind of train your light on the chink there? The chink in the door. Thank you for, uh, for clarifying that. that. Right. Hector! <laughs> I'm not the one who said it, you did. I've been doing Smart Alex Guide to Shakespeare, they use chinks all the time. <laughs> well, it's the, in Midsummer Night's Dream, they talk about the chinks in the door. Mm-hmm. And Juliet's nurse says whoever marries Juliet will get the chinks. <laughs> and she means the, uh, she, she means her money, but. It's still. It's still a double entendre, but. <laughs> The vault of Ira Couch, also the crypt of his father, perhaps a couple other family members, a friend of the family, and perhaps even a stranger. Mm-hmm. There's nameplates right here, but nobody ever bothered to fill them in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, you're actually standing on the crypt right now. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's probably mostly subterranean. Yeah. That probably is what would happen if you open the door and there's uh, stairs. One day I'll probably, you know, we started taking tour groups out here, so one day I imagine I'll have some off-duty cops on the tour yep. who will have had a few. Yeah. We're not stopping at pubs on these tours anymore. But Thank God. Yeah. But I can just imagine one of these nights some guy's going to jump over there before I can stop him. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere far away, Geraldo will say, I feel a great disturbance in the force. <laughs> but... We, every now and then we hear rumors that they're going to be opening this up to try to see who's inside of it. So if anybody's inside of it. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, stories about the Outer Couch uh, tomb is um, oh, that there was literally a parade to get it here. Yeah. When it's because it's, it was so massive and they had mm-hmm. to bury it. And uh, that the city, uh, in its infinite wisdom, had decided like a few years back... That it was going to turn it into the garage for their lawnmowers. <laughs> yeah. No, there, no, you don't do that. There, there was another crypt here for a long time that they used as a tool shed. Seems legit. Yep. Yep. This thing cost seven thousand dollars to build. That was like twenty years' salary for a working man at the mm-hmm. time. Yep. And this is the only surviving crypt. None of the crypts were actually moved; they were actually destroyed. Right. Because you couldn't move a crypt. Right. This one's too well fortified. I want right. to say. Right, right. Well, it's you know, it's something like fifty tons. Yeah. Or something. Oh, costs more than most house than pretty much any house cost back then. Kind of wander the perimeter. That was the thing about like uh, a lot of these uh, these wealthy guys. They built these huge obelisks. Yeah. Um, for you know. For very obvious reasons, right? You know, which and, which was it? Long John Wentworth who built the giant obelisk in Graceland, so yes. everybody would get want to run to the run to the library and find out all about the guy with the giant obelisk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You notice there's shr- there's. Uh, 
trees growing out of the top of this thing. Really? Yeah. Shrubbery. Yeah, shrubbery. I can't tell if they're planted on top of it or growing out of it. I've definitely never seen anybody on top of there doing any gardening. Uh, there is there is a marker over here, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's this one, and there was one down over there that said there were seven bodies in it. And now we've got yeah, we've got the Pamela Banos's hidden truce one. This stone vault is the oldest structure standing within the Chicago fire zone. It was erected in 1858 for Ira Couch, a wealthy hotelier who died at the age 50 while wintering in Cuba. Though some theories exist, there is no official answer as to why this tomb was left behind on the side of the Chicago City Cemetery. Varying accounts of the number entombed suggest 7 to 13 or merely Ira alone. This two-part project by Pamela Benos continues on the internet, hiddentruce.northwestern.edu. Oh, look, it's Pamela again. Yep, we... Anytime you're doing research on City Cemetery, you're going to find stuff by Pamela. She's the city's expert on it. There, there are theories going around that you know that the Couch family sued to keep it here. That somebody suggested they leave one crypt as a memorial, or this one was going to be too expensive to move. I imagine it was kind of a combination of all three. All right, you want to go mess with the security guard? Long after daylight is gone, there are cackles and screams that come back in my dreams of the girl who is all the wrong. The neighborhood gives me the All right, we have now worked our way to the statue of Benjamin Franklin here in Lincoln Park. This has actually been a staple of Chicago ghost tours uh, since about the 1970s when ghost yeah. tours first started. As long as the statue has been built, people have been saying that the place was actually haunted. Uh, going back to the security guards back in the early part of the 20th century, this was kind of ground zero for the hauntings. Several of them even said that they saw the statue move. Oh, that's right. Uh, they saw one guy in 1974. Uh, Clark Wilson, his name was. Yeah, Clark. He um, he told us that he's actually watched the statue point at him and laugh. Uh, he said he ran. He he said he was sober. Yeah, he was so. Yeah, we asked him over and over again whether or not he was sober. Yeah. And uh, he said he was. But you know, and I wouldn't believe him at all, except that so many other people have said the same thing mm -hmm. over the years, and they never say it about like Abraham Lincoln, yeah. or uh, Roosevelt, or any of the other statues here. Yeah, but but. Franklin laughing is, is a, kind of a big staple here. I guess Chicago. that when uh, I, I guess that when rumors were first going around that the park was haunted, this was the specific region that none of the security guards wanted. That's true. Did yeah. you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know this used to be a cemetery, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, uh, the entire the, the street, entire see, park. Yeah, you walk across the street, the last tomb is still there. Yeah. So that's why that's why this place I'm made. Up at 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> never seen a ghost here? No, I never seen a ghost. All right. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we were just joking. We were just we were just joking about the Franklin stuff, but, <laughs> but it, it was a cemetery. We were just joking about Ben Franklin pointing at people, but <laughs> pointing and laughing <laughs> and farting occasionally. Yeah, farting. Occasionally, he even lifts up the back of his coat and farts, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. There's actually a historical marker across the street if you want to check it out before you go home. It's actually yeah. fascinating. So. Yeah. Fascinating. So. See, <laughs> see the other marker? 
Yeah, let's just go find uh, David the Kennison Boulder. It's up around that away. The guy who said he was the last surviving partisan of the Boston Tea Party. Totally lying. But. Like what we did. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Clark Wilson. Clark Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> he related in Dearborn State. But <laughs> Howard Thornton. <laughs> but <laughs> Michigan Wabash. But <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I see it. You do. Yeah. Be fun to bring our uh, punk rock James, our official archaeologist, out to this place sometime. Well, they've re-landscaped it so much that there's probably not much you could do. But in an average burial ground that hasn't been re-landscaped, even if you've taken out all of the gravestones, you can tell where tell where the bodies are. Because huh. uh, you know the the gases inside kind of expand and uh, creates like divots in the ground. He was even telling me one story of a case that was going on when he was. Uh, first in training of a guy who had a old Civil War grave out in his yard and one day he went out and the grave had been disturbed. So they dug to see what had happened and found a body about three feet down. And, you know, a perfectly preserved body that looked like somebody who had just been killed. So they thought it was a homicide case, brought the guy in, realized that he was actually a guy from the Civil War. What had happened was he was the guy buried in the grave but all the gases had built up inside of the coffin over the course of a hundred and some odd years and actually shot him through the coffin halfway up the grave. No kidding. Yeah. All right, we have now arrived at the boulder marking the approximate burial case, burial place of David Kennison, which says here, David Kennison, last survivor of the Boston Tea Party who died in Chicago February 24th, 1852, aged 115 years, set three months and 17 days, and is buried near this spot. This stone is erected by the sons of the Revolution, the sons of the American Revolution, and the daughters of the American Revolution. It is now generally known that David Kennison was about uh, 30 years younger than he said he was. He would have been about six at the time of the Boston Tea Party. So maybe he was on his dad's shoulders or something. Protesting giving the uh, East India Tea Company a tax break. Childly, I don't think the modern Tea Party would have had a problem with. Nope, <laughs> no one did. Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, while we're at a burial place, we're gonna kind of set down our gear and uh, so you, you folks listening at home can see if we pick up any odd voices. Mr. Kennison, do you have a message for the Tea Party?
All right, back behind this, there's another uh, one of the Pamela's Hidden Truths markers. I'm mentioning uh, the city paid all expenses and donated two cemetery lots intending to erect a monument on his grave. That never happened. The legend of his exploits grew to unfeasible proportions. His Boston Tea Party fame, military achievement, and his claim to have lived to the age of 115 are disputed today. Uh, this boulder is actually about two blocks north of his actual burial site, uh, from what Pamela was able to find out. The way that they determined that this is where he was buried was... Uh, many, many years after his death, they called up, they put out a call in the newspapers for all the old timers in the city who remembered the grand funeral of David Kennison to see if they could get together and uh, mark it and remember exactly where he was buried. And this is where they ended up putting the monument, but uh, I guess according to Pamela's research, it was actually a little cl uh, pretty close to the couch tomb, actually. Uh, nothing's going on with the K2 meter. Oh. It's been on low level pretty much this whole time. See what happens if I put the grid on it, but <laughs> just for giggles. I'm not feeling like this place is particularly active tonight. Nope, not even close. So, well, that's how you can tell we're a reputable band of ghost hunters. You know, the only thing we faked, we at least admitted to. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, all right. Well, this has been Chicago Unbelievable. I am Adam. This is Hector and Terry. And we will see you next week. Hopefully next week we're going to be James, uh, joined by uh, Jim Carr, one of the other guys from our team. He's, he's the guy with the thermal imaging camera. And hopefully we'll be able to bring him back up to check out the couch tomb, too. I'm just fascinated by what would happen if we put the thermal cam on that thing. So, probably nothing, but all right. We're going to find out. Thank you. ChicagoUnbelievable.com. All right. Crimson Radio Land, is your radio station playing enough of the revolving door all-stars? Does your neighborhood give you the creeps? Have you been injured in an accident? Are you as constipated as I am? Because if so, you may be entitled to some great shit.